I'm Ryan, the other guy's Jordan, and this is Two Angles on Angling. Welcome back to another episode of Two Angles on Angling. This is Jordan and my buddy Ryan. We have a lot to discuss on the uh, on this week's episode. You sound so, all giddy, bro. You sound a little excited. I, I am. I, I was uh, fishing on Friday and Saturday. Caught them. Had a blast. Uh, going out again tomorrow and then Wednesday. So, yeah, I'm just uh, getting back into the, the, the flow finally and it's uh, feeling good. How did, uh, so you said you went, uh, Friday and Saturday, where'd you go? Canisius Lake, uh, one of the Finger Lakes. Why there? Like, why didn't you, why didn't you stay here and fish, fish our stuff? So, I, from what I heard, and I kind of drove by, uh, the upper looked like it was pretty trashed. Pretty trashed. On and oh, yeah, Friday, Friday was that wind advisor. Yeah, yeah Friday so got crazy. like Saturday, yeah. I was like, yeah, there's no way that that's gonna be like truly fishable. Yeah, good call. Um, and okay. I didn't want to struggle, and so uh, went and my buddy was going to my buddy Andy was going to Canisius, so I ended up tagging along with him, and it was awesome because we fished some of his stuff, we fished some of my stuff. Uh, kind of got to mess around, see what was going on. Uh, he had been there. Uh, prior as well so he had a little bit of info and uh yeah caught him caught him good on a jerk bait which was uh which is always a fun time and i'm excited to keep going back there because i know that that lake has a, a lot of big fish in it multi-species did you get the water temperature by any chance yeah it was like uh 43 to 45 yeah that's a good stick bait temperature yeah. It's the, that's the best stick bait temperature. You got to hit it right though, man. It's like it doesn't stay that that temperature for very long. It's a very it's a fleeting window. Yeah. The same thing happens on the upper, man. Like you can just bank on it. Like, pro, like right around now, um, they're there's they're feeding. You know, their water temperature is forty. Like they're definitely on the feed. Yeah. But uh, I'll 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 get to that in a little bit, but. So so Friday you fished through some crazy ass winds, still caught fish. Yeah. Um <laughs> so we didn't really my so dad I and I went my dad and I went and we knew going into it that we were only gonna have until noon to fish. Uh because of the winds and how how they were supposed to pick up. So throughout the day I kept checking uh the wind and I saw that it was supposed to be coming in sooner and more fierce. But <laughs> we made a move uh based on the wind direction we had a few coves that we could fish but then we went to the other side uh other side of the lake and we had a lot longer of a stretch that was clearer um which we didn't end up catching uh clear of the wind that is uh we did end, my dad ended up catching three uh bass there and then i was like all right we'll take one run <laughs> one more run up to the next cove and see and uh <laughs> The middle of the of the lake was rocking and rolling, so uh, <laughs> it was not not the the grandest time, especially when that cold water was so splashing got, so over. Wet. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, 
And then we didn't end up staying much longer because then by the time we fished for five minutes, the wind had picked up even more. And I, uh, the, the ramps were not in there, so I did not want to be pushing my luck yeah. having to, you know, with, you know, one foot waves crashing on the shore or some, something. So, uh, yeah, but it, it was a fun time. Uh, caught him on, my dad caught almost, all, well, he caught all of his on a, on a rattle trap. Uh, and then I caught mine on a flat-sided crankbait, which all all were uh, fun bites. And then yesterday with the jerk baits, we caught a lot of smallies, uh, one just shy of five, and then I caught one that was a little over four and a half. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. And then today, you didn't fish today, right? I did not. Today was a, a good stuff prepped day, and... I had to, I had to yeah, pour some, Easter. I had to happy pour, Easter, by yeah, way. happy Easter, happy Easter, I had to, had to pour some orders, I uh, had some net heads and drop shot weights that I had to pour up, so I did those, as well as some other experimental jigs, so. Nice. <clears throat> Alright, man, well, my weekly recap goes like this. Monday, weather was good, I fished. Uh, we did well on Lakers for a while, had some nice blue water I fished out of Alcott and, uh, got the first king of the year, which is awesome. Like that, I get super excited after I catch the first king of the year. Um, and then, uh, the wind picked up pretty good and we ended up getting off the water and, uh, I experienced some crazy engine issues, which is, uh, that would like a, a brief synopsis of it is, you know, my, uh, so the motherboard for my, my trim tab buttons, somehow like that board, that panel fried. It was like shooting sparks and smoke out of it. And uh, somehow my engine got shorted out too. I have no idea how, not electrician, not an engine mechanic, but my engine wouldn't turn over. I couldn't raise my trim. Because I couldn't raise my trim, I couldn't get on my trailer. Like, long story short, it was uh, the dudes over at Bootlegger's Cove Marina. They're freaking awesome guys. Uh, they helped me out. Uh, Jimmy and Danny lifted the boat up on the crane. And then uh, we were able to, to at least pull the the, uh, the engine up and put it on mm -hmm. tilt and put it on the, the shop lifts. So I could at least trailer at home. And, yeah. and then uh, Collins Marine fixed it super quick on Tuesday, but I had to cancel my trip. So I couldn't fish on Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday were, were tough. Like Wednesday, I tried fishing Lake Ontario for a bit, but the, uh, the waves were, got big and there was tons of timber out there, man. It was like a minefield of stuff yeah. washing out of the river. So I just, I said, nah, especially in the waves with yeah. that, with that amount of timber around, I'm yeah. like, nah, dude, this just isn't safe. So I went out yeah. and fished the river. River was super slow. Took the boat out and went to the upper Niagara and poked around some of the haunts that I usually catch fish on this year, and we caught them. So um, I was pretty stoked. Nothing big, like the first fish that are just starting to set up. So um, I'm excited about that. I think the upper is about to light up any day now. Um, then uh, that Thursday we had pretty big winds. There was really nowhere to fish, and they, they, they wanted to fish for steelhead, so we just stayed in Devil's Hole, and we only caught a few. It was really slow. Uh, the wind was brutal, man. Like, the water was higher in there than I had ever seen it. Like, it was just crazy. I mean, like, it wasn't dangerous, but it was, like, ridiculously difficult to present baits. Yeah. You know, like, we were just 
ripping through there. Um, so, you know, we called it early. And then uh, I fished. Uh, and Friday was crazy wind. Like, so there was no fishing. Like, there were freaking powers getting we, taken We out. were going to fish the upper, and then I checked the winds again. I'm yeah, like, oh, you would have been no doomed, way. man. Like, you no you would have been... Like, there were probably yeah. eight-foot waves crashing into the Sheridan launch, man. You know, so there was just no way to go out. I had a father and a and his daughters were going to go out, and he's, I, I fished with this dude all the time. He's a great dude, and I just didn't... Like, man, it doesn't make sense to torture yeah. your, your kids. Like, they're never yeah. going to want to fish with you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we rescheduled, and then I fished on Saturday out in Ontario, and we just hammered lake trout and uh, got cohos too. So that we got a few cohos and just as many lakers as we wanted. It was just awesome. It was real consistent. Uh, we were out of Alcott, and, uh, yeah, it was it was it was an awesome day. Lots of blue water out there. Just the the bite was solid. It just was always consistent. Um, and then today I fished doubles and it was slow, and and that's like one of the things that I, I kind of want to talk about is is uh, I have no idea why Devil's Hole and why the Steelhead Run was slow this year. Like I'm not giving up all hope, but every year since I've been guiding by now, like we're hammering them, you know, um, there's def there's, there's fish there, but I don't know what's going on, you know, and pretty much everybody would corroborate what I'm saying, you know, like, th th you know, there, there's good days to be had, but th there's something going on there. I, 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 I'm not sure what's going on, but <clears throat> I haven't given up hope, but it's the timing's way off. Um, so we'll see what happens. I, I, I don't, there's all kinds of theories about why this occurs, but what this reminds me of is like 2019. So, and th this is, this is relevant to uh, like a bunch of different conversations. I mean, that that's my fishing report for the week, but where we're going to blend into this is, um, we got, we want to have a quick conversation about moon phase, but also want to just talk about the fishing, like what's going on now and kind of give people like a, a mid-season uh, take on, on what I've seen so far. It's not mid-season yet. We're about a month into spring. But um, the lake trout situation was late, but it's like super solid. So I think like the forecast going forward, just looking at next week, like most of the days are going to be fishable. Some of them are going to be windy, but if you remember what I said, like we caught bass on the river. Yeah. So what's cool about right now is that you could, if you just want to catch meat, right? Like that means that you got to go out to Ontario and there's going to be days where Ontario is too windy and you can't. So you can always bass fish though, yeah. because the, the river, unless it just got like hammered and fills up with mud, you can always bass fish. Um, and especially now, like that bite is so sick that uh, I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to do it, you know, like uh, just for fun, because it's a it's a riot, man. I mean, it's it's such a good time because there, there will come times where like this upcoming week, there are going to be days uh, here. I was looking at it Thursday and Saturday in general. I think getting on any lake is going to be impossible. Um, I think Tuesday this upcoming week is going to be pretty tough to get on any body of uh, lake either but the river 
like the upper Niagara, if you're down to bass fish, yeah. like you, you can do that, mm-hmm. you know? So my point there was like, so if we don't get a fall run of steelhead, which we don't, you know, in 2019, going back to that, that earlier part of the conversation in 2019, there was a really crappy run of King Salmon. Now, some guys would say, dude, the runs had, had been getting shitty up to that point. So again, I don't have much of a frame of reference, but my first year fishing Kings was in 2016, 2007, and it was, to me, it was awesome. Yeah. You know, like I went up there and every time I went up there, I was catching fish on crankbaits. Like it was sick. There were a lot of fish there. 2017, I dialed the crankbait program in even more. Clients caught a lot of fish. It was a great time. Everybody was catching them. 2018 was slower, <clears throat> but you could still bank on catching fish when you went out. 2019, like skunks started happening. Mm. We we're like, what's, what's going on? And people said it's an anomaly. It's just a fluke. You know, like they're, they're going to come back. And I couldn't help but think, like, I don't understand, man. Like, how could that be? Like, yeah. the, the fish are going to, they have to spawn, you know, so why would they not spawn? Yeah. And the reality is, is that there are less fish, you know, and there's, there's more, you know, I don't know if there's more fishing pressure or not. You know, I'm not here to debate numbers. I'm just mm-hmm. talking or, or to debate the mechanics of like uh, what limits should be in competition between lake guides and river guides. I'm just explaining a dynamic, yeah. right? They put, the state puts in X number of kings, X number of steelhead, X number of brown trout, you know, um, yeah, those are the four that we really care about, right? So if they decrease any of those numbers and the charter fishing stays the same, the pressure stays the same, but the numbers go down, then the, catch, the, the charter captains out in the lake will probably have a reduced catch rate, mm-hmm. but they'll still catch plenty of fish. However there's less fish to now make a spawning run, okay? So if they, let's say the state reduces that number even more and, and the number of charter captains increase and the number of recreational anglers yeah. increase and there's less fish there, then those fish get caught really quickly. At the beginning of the season, they're most vulnerable now. Yeah. You know, they're most vulnerable between like now and when the water starts getting into the upper 50s. Then they start spreading out it gets a little bit more difficult for just anybody to go catch them. Um, so they get, there's less fish. They get pounded in the spring. Then they get, they continue to get pounded throughout the summer, such that by the time midsummer comes around, guys struggle. And then now there's no fall run of king salmon. You know, now some, some of those guys, because throughout the summer when they struggle and can't catch a lot of kings, they go offshore and they fish for cohos and steelhead. Okay, well, the steelhead, if they get caught in the summertime, they didn't used to have that pressure. Now they do. So again, the state's only putting in X amount. And before, throughout the summertime, that X amount was never a target. Yeah. That X amount kind of stayed out there, and that X amount ran into the lower Niagara. Well, now that amount is getting diminished throughout the summer, such that the number of fish available to run up the river 
in the fall and the spring is less. You know, it's just straight math, man. Yeah. Now, the extent to which that's occurring is unknown at this time. But wait till next year. Yeah. You know, like if it happens again, you know, then we got to start having a really serious conversation. Yeah, but, but it, it, you know, in, in my opinion, the conversation needs to start happening like real soon. Like there's no reason to wait till next year. Like because the same thing is going to happen. Like, again, I, I just go back to the point that these fish have to spawn. Like, they're driven to it. They're, they're not just going to say to themselves, oh, I'm not going to spawn yeah. this year. Like, it's, it's, that's their life cycle. That's what they do. So if they're not there, I mean, is it possible that uh, some strange anomaly happened and th- they didn't come in? I, I mean, sure, it's possible. So maybe there's no reason to get stressed out. Yeah. But uh, if it happens again next year, then what? You know? So that, that's, <clears throat> that's the dynamic. But to carrying it forward to where we are right now is we're right at the cusp of where pretty much everything is feeding. Yes, right? sure. You know, like uh, the king salmon, the lake trout, the cohos any of the steelhead that are post-spawn and starting to drop back, smallmouth pre-spawn, and then in, like, two more weeks, walleye season opens. You know, so, like, that's seven or six six species of fish right there, and then people are catching perch, but I don't know. That, that's a whole other conversation. But so six six big game fish that you yeah. can go after in, in, the, in the next couple of weeks would, would add the six being the walleyes. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah... If you're interested in catching one, but the conditions don't lend itself to catching that particular species, then I think it's, I understand if you don't, if you would want to stay inside, but uh, because it's not what you want to pay for, or that's not what you want to leave your house for. But uh, you got to think like, there's other stuff going on out there that's a blast, Mm -hmm. you know, like that, that's. There's so many different things that you could pivot to around here uh, this time of year where you can do two fisheries in a day. You could, I mean, doing all four in a day would be bold, but you could do it. I mean, you could definitely do it. Have you done it? I've done it by myself. I, I've, I've, I've never done it with clients before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would do it with clients if they paid extra for it because yeah, that's be that's a, that's burning a lot of gas but yeah, i mean I would, though, it's totally sure. doable though like you could do it uh the middle of may mm. you know like if it, and, and all the conditions have to be there for it and the way that you would do it is it'd be like the second or third week of may you could launch at first light out of fort niagara and again you need the right conditions for this but you'd have to launch you'd launch at first light out of fort niagara you know, go out between four and six mile or something like that and troll for a little bit, catch Lakers and, and Kings or Cohos, whatever's there. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, once you, you know, wet your beak with that or you chalk the, that, the, the lake up and you pull all your lines up, stash those, shoot up the river, fish for bass or steelhead, like go, just go up to Devil's Hole, fish for bass or steelhead. Once you catch one or both of those fish, get to the boat launch at Lewiston, take the boat out, shoot to uh, Sheridan, 
uh, just you could go to Beaver or Motor yeah, and chop yeah, yeah. that like immediately. Yeah. And then shoot up to the lake and fish, fish the harbor, fish any of the shoals out there. And you're done. You can, dude, you can totally do that in like nine hours easily. You could totally do it. Like I, I've like when I did a, a step out Buffalo promo last spring, we, uh, we went out to Lake Ontario at first light and caught a king like right away. And, uh, and then we just took the boat out and then we, we caught some Lakers too. And then we took the boat out and just launched at Sheridan, fished the river and then went up into the Harbor. And that, that, that was four hours. <clears throat> you know, that was, it's totally doable. It's totally doable. But that, that's, again, the, the point that I'm making is that like the whole fishery, everything that's going on is connected. Yeah, it is. And, uh, if you're in, if you're in for a specific species, I get it. You know, like I, I totally get it. That'd be a fun adventure. But though. if and you're, you could uh, do that with bass on all of those too. You right? definitely you know, could. So. But, uh, but my point is, is like where we live is such a diverse and like crazy fishery. There's so much going on that, uh, I think it's cool to just go out and try to hit as much of it as you can and, and, awesome. and see a bunch of different stuff, you know, um, and just be open to whatever the experience offers. Because, yeah. like, I personally think all of it's a blast, mm-hmm. you know, so. But uh, anyway, let's. So, let's, so uh, yeah, I wanted to let's uh, get, get into our next topic. I yeah. think we're on the same. So, Ryan, what what? interesting thing happened last well not last well last night as well but the night before was a full moon yes yes full moon so i a few days prior um was doing my journal and i was like i'm going to start taking keeping track of the moon phases and how it's affecting fishing and when i start hunting again how it's affecting the hunting and it just so happened that two days later after I started it, we had a full moon. So we kind of noticed while we were fishing that things were getting a lot slower as the day went on and that things were starting to starting to die down. Everything was a lot fewer. The fish were fewer uh, farther between. So we kind of, my buddy Andy and I, we started talking. We were like, well, maybe that is a huge reason why the bite had changed so much in those few days, not to mention all the weather. So I know when I brought that up to you, you, you perked up because you have a lot of ideas and uh, I'm a lot of knowledge, I'm assuming, on moon phases. So if you want to carry on uh, from there, yeah. kind of give your whole... All right, so I'll just say this about moon phases. Uh, first and foremost, that I think there's a high risk of confirmation bias when it comes to moon phases. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is when people start keeping track of moon phases and then they start going out specifically on those days when those moon phases are, they're going to keep getting the same result. You know, like you're not fishing in other conditions to know to, to offset the bias. Yeah, right. Because yeah. if you're always going out. Yeah. Then yes, you're like. The, the, and the only time you go out is when it's a full moon and it and it just so happens to be good every time. You're not taking in any other variance into in, into consideration. And if you continue to do that all the time, you are going to have slow days yeah. on full moons or whatever. You know. So I think there's just a huge risk for confirmation bias there. I, I, like, because people ask me that around here, um, what's the ideal conditions to go out and fish in? And, uh, 
to me, it has, I don't even think about the moon. Like the, the moon's never a thing. It, it's, uh, it, it's just never something that's even come into my head because I've caught fish and all like I've had clients had awesome days in all different types of conditions. And if you were to ask me like what the mean is, like the general thing, it has nothing to do with the moon. It has nothing to do with cloud cover. It has mainly to do with water clarity and flow. You know, those are the only two things that matter to me. Like if, when I'm fishing the river or fishing the lake or both is the fish have to be able to see. They have to like that. And if they can't see the target or if the current's moving so fast that they only have a split second to see the target and they can't react to it, it's just less time in the strike zone. Right. So current speed and water, water clarity are the only two things I care about, you know, and what creates the current speed is usually wind and waves. So like, okay, if I'm fishing the, the, the lakes, I consider huge waves current, you know? So if I'm, if I'm out there in 10 footers, I can't fish. Yeah. You know, if I'm out there in fours and threes, I can fish, you know, as long as my, as long as I can keep current speed around a mile an hour, like I can fish and, and do well. But that, that's why I think the, the, the thing about moon phase is, is interesting. Because there's, there's uh, lots of dudes out there. It's huge in the muskie community. Like, there's guys who I've, uh, when I book trips with out in Wisconsin or, or Minnesota, like, they look at the moon phase and provide, recommend weekends for me to go because they think muskies bite better hmm. when uh, the moon's going. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll say this about moon phase, though. I've not measured this. I've not researched it. I think there's a high risk for confirmation bias. I'm just going to start with that. However, you know, I have colleagues that, uh, that fish Lake Ontario and Lake Erie religiously, right? Like that's their main gig. So they have way more experience doing it than I do. And lots of those dudes are adamant that if we have clear skies and like lots of illumination, so it doesn't have to necessarily be full moon, but like lots of a huge period of, of, of illumination at night where you got clear skies that uh, kings will feed all throughout the throughout the night. Because if the if the, if they're in clear water and the moonlight's hitting yep. the water and they can see, they'll yep. feed. Yep. So they believe that the kings feed throughout the night. And they'll eat at first light, but right when the sun comes up, they're pretty much done. And they just chill out and digest. And their next they there's another bite window like later on in the day. You know, then they then they start feeding again. But they gorge themselves through like the last few hours of darkness into the first hour or so of daylight when the moon's right. And guys say that walleyes do that too. So does that actually happen? I mean, all I know is that that I, I've experienced that pattern before. And uh, so I think it's entirely possible. But here's the thing. It, it's, it's an illumination thing, though. So it's not just because it's a full moon. It's because there's no clouds in the sky. And, the, you know, the sky is wide open and it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be the full moon it could be all the phases surrounding 
well, not all the phases, but like that third of phases yeah, yeah, surrounding yeah. the moon where the sky is open and that moon's hitting the water. It has nothing to do with the phase of the moon. I mean, sure, like the bigger the moon up in the sky, the more light it can pump out. But again, like that light has to make it through clouds. And if, if it's been cloudy or raining or whatever, like thunderstorms, you know, who knows? Like th- then there's no luminescence sitting in the water yeah, at all. That makes sense. That makes sense. You know, so I, that that's where I, I think the, the, again, like the fact that the moon is there. Yes, it has an impact. Okay, the moon exists. Yes, it's the it's the brightest thing in the sky when the sun goes down. But it, yeah. but when but I think that people when they're considering moon phase believe that there's like this gravitational thing that's happening, right? Like a tide type of thing. Um that's like it's like uh how you'll hear in conversations uh or 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 in the, like uh news reports or like movies and shit where um, there'll be some cops saying that it's a full moon and like you know crime's gonna spike and and I've I've read that in a few different places that you know there's something about a full moon like people start misbehaving a little bit more than they they normally would. Um, that's what I think most people that are in the angling world believe that it's uh something's happening because that. Like some weird primordial thing is like triggering those fish to behave in a more predatory way or something during a full moon. And I think that's nonsense. I think uh, it has nothing to, it's, it's, can they see at night? And if they can, then they can feed at night and they're going like all fish, especially big predatory fish, they can only shove, shove so much food in their face, you know, like, uh, Smallmouth bass, they're burning calories all the time and they're just, they're eating small stuff, you know, like for the most part, they're eating where we live, especially they're just picking off gobies here and there. They just graze like cattle, you know, Um, but those big predatory fish, man, they're, they're burning calories all the time. They're living in really cold water, you know, they're, and king salmon have just astronomical growth rates and the walleyes living in cold water. They're always swimming. You know, they're, they're burning calories all the time, too, so they're just chewing on gobies all day long. You know, it's, uh, if they can see, they can eat, and they're going to feed during certain times ravenously, and it has to do with how much they can see, and then later on in the day, they'll feed again, you know, in broad daylight, they'll feed again. You know, it's just, you just got to wait them out. All right. Thoughts. Um, give me a, give me a counterpoint, man. Cause, so uh, I'm 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 hearing what you're saying, and I'm agreeing with a lot of it. Um, I have no preconceived notions going into tracking the moon phases, um, because I've heard many different things about it. I've heard people say that full moon is the best for fish, and I hear some people, and like you said, it's like, it's your own bias because it's like, but I'm just doing it more so because I do like. You know, to have the data and then to yes. try and see trends, like big picture. I'm not going to ever be to the point where it's like it's a full moon. I'm not going to go fish. That's just ridiculous yeah. to me. You have to go like, uh, they would not be a crutch or an excuse to like, not do it or like to blame the fishing. But it is interesting to see. Well, well think about this then, dude. 
if you're going to start taking note of moon phase, then widen the aperture and start recording a bunch of different stuff. So in addition to moon phase. So moon phase is an interesting variable, but I would also consider wind speed. Oh, brother. Right? Do you want me to go through the no, whole entire... I yeah, I mean, whole, yeah, I like, thing. Yeah. as long as you're telling me that, when, like, you're just adding a data point. Oh, yes, which, yes. Okay. This is not my whole... So, right, like, dude. so, yeah. brother, right. for, for the trip. So, like, let me go back to uh, our lake trout trip uh, in the in Devil's Hole. That was on April 10th. All right. Air temp from when we started to when we ended, 37 to 47. Water temp, 38. Wind... West, starting at 15 miles per hour, moving to west 14 miles an hour by the time we left. Um, I did not get the barometric pressure that day. I usually have that down. Uh, conditions, cloudy, which it was the whole entire time we were out yeah. there. Um, I usually have depth fished on there, depending on the body of water. Like, obviously, sometimes it's going to be 30 foot, 40 foot. Sometimes it would be 2 foot for me, you know, fishing the inland lakes. Uh, time graphing, that's, you know, if I'm on, like, the inland lakes and I'm trying to find boulders and stuff, or on Erie even, you know, um, if I'm out there for eight hours, that, you know, a lot of time I would get taken up with that, so I like to keep track of that to, like, see at the end of the day if it's like, all right, well, I didn't catch much, was it because the fishing sucked, or was it because I wasn't actually putting in the time, you know, because I was graphing all that, um, and then time fish, which we were out 8.30 to 12.30, uh, water clarity, it was slightly stained, uh, pattern, which is more for me, like I usually have applying to bass, but early spring, and then I have the total of the fish we caught, and then I put pictures in there to try and... Nice. And then yeah. it's just something to look back at, even if I'm not trying to, like, use it for future reference, even, it's nice to go yeah, back Yeah, but which, what you should do, though, is, uh, is take, like, now you need to, like, figure out how to combine all that data to figure out if there's a trend there. You know, um, that, that's, that would be, I mean, otherwise, why even record it? You know, like, t- take it, you've got to figure out a way to compile it all and find, like, a, a trend line in there somewhere. So, so I agree, I want to do it on a, on a spreadsheet at some point, but even just with this, like, I have noticed a lot of trends already. And I've been doing it for, like, four years now, or just shy of four years. So what, what trends and have you seen? So... It's more like lure choice of like what I know is working best for me at that time compared to others. So like you said with the jerk bait and that like 44 or four, you know, 43, 45 degree water. Like, so if I go into the notes and I just search like in that folder, 45 degrees, then I can go and look all the time that I fish water temp with 45 degrees just to see like, so. And even just looking back on the last few years, like I can you know, memory doesn't always serve best, but last year I was fishing way earlier than I was this year for bass. And I, I'm looking at the water temps and it's yeah. still warmed up around the same. It's just that I haven't Lately. been out. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so like the, the, this year and last year, like around the same time frame, we're just a little later this year, but um, it's more so just because I wasn't getting out, but like I could have been chasing them, but like it's interesting to see. No, dude, I'm telling you, man, like... One, we had the river was full of ice like two podcasts ago. Yeah. You know, oh, like, no doubt. Yeah. So you couldn't. And I was referring more to the inland lakes, but oh, yeah, for yeah, okay. sure. No, yeah. for sure. Our local. Yeah. Well, because because was... yeah, because because even look, lo- but it, it's because of how cold the winter was in general. Like yes. the in- everything's probably two weeks behind. Yeah. At least at least two weeks behind. Um, but it's like now. 
it's starting to warm up pretty quickly. Yes. And uh, we're like we're right at the cusp of of, of insanity. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Like no that's uh, no it's, it's an exciting time, man. But what we're talking about though, like the first thing that popped into your head was forty five degrees. I, I I when I try to think about when I think about this, man, steelhead are happy in forty five. Lake Trotters real happy in forty five. Kings are getting real happy in forty five. Smallmouth are happy in forty five. Walleyes are like uh, th- there's something about that that temperature. I think it like for our region, uh, it's an it's an optimal temperature. I, you can't fish for muskies at this time of year, so um, I, I don't I don't have a good sample size there for them. Yeah. I, I but I'm I'm willing to bet they they're probably chewing too. Mm-hmm. So I mean I do catch muskies as a bycatch. Well, clients yeah. will catch them as a bycatch while they're fishing the river. And same on, on stick baits. And the only time I'm fishing sticks baits is when it's 45, somewhere 42, 43, you know, up to 47. Somewhere in there, I'm throwing stick baits. Less than that, you know, neds or swim baits. More than that, neds or swim baits. But that middle zone is when they just really will just chase stuff down and T-bone, T-bone baits, you know? And not like they just club, man. It's an awesome yeah. feeling. There's... It's an awesome feeling. It, uh, and yeah, j- just to back, back that up, the one that I caught, uh, the one smallmouth I caught Saturday, it was like I was doing you know, the sander, jerk, jerk, pause, jerk, pause. And then I went to go jerk it, and he throttled it as I was jerking it. So it was just like double, just like lightning. And it was. Uh, I love, yeah, because yeah, that's, the, like that's the thing. There's your rod bends like and you hear the drag. You yeah. just, and you're just like, oh, dude. You know, we just got hammered. Yeah. There's nothing like it. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, uh, we've talked about this in in a previous podcast, but I I think all that stuff is, uh, measuring all those things is is super interesting. And as you notice those trends, um, you'll you'll find yourself recording less over time. Yeah, I'm imagining that as well. It'll uh, it'll just seed itself in your head. Because, you know, I, I, it, I I still learn every year, but what I can tell you, like the most important factor that I've that I know here is water temperature, you know, it, it, water temperature and clarity, you know, yeah. like all the atmospherics, like things that are going on above water. I don't care about barometric pressure. I don't care about sunlight, cloud cover, moon phase, time of day. None of that. I don't care about any of that. I just care about can the fish see. Can the fish see the baits? Like, that's the most important thing is can the fish see the baits? And current speed's co- directly correlated to that. Like, if you're flying, then, you know, they, they don't get much of a chance to see the baits. But if they can see the baits, then you have, you got a really good chance, you know. And uh, when the water temperature's somewhere in the mid-40s uh, to 50, somewhere between 40 and 50, and they can see the bait, they're going to eat the bait. Like, I don't care what you throw. So, so how, how you know? then, th- sorry, this just popped in my head. How then does that translate in your eyes to fishing dirty water? Because I'm thinking more like broad scope of everything. Confidence A is super low A lot of people fishing down water. south and, you know, even locally at times. Like, some people will seek out, like, creek mouths on uh, some of these uh, finger lakes and stuff where it's muddier water and they feel like they're doing that they'll do better in that 
water clarity than in clear water. So have you ever found a a, um, a time when that was the case locally? Yeah, well, not, and I'm not saying mud necessarily. I'm you know I'm saying more like that darker stain, like you know like foot or less visibility. Type yeah, so stuff. Fo- so foot or less visibility. If if I have that level of visibility, I wouldn't even fish. Wow. All right. I, I, that, there's no way I, I wouldn't fish unless I could see my prop so I, in my I, lower unit so this all, this goes back to you know our other conversation as well as it's like this is a completely different thing because like so for example like for tournaments so say I have a tournament on but hold, hold, hold on just real yes, quick yes that's that's locally I wouldn't fish locally like in our fishery Oh yeah, okay, and all right, all right. I, I, there's okay, lots of places where I've fished way muddier water I than gotcha, that. I gotcha. Like in in Guyana, it's like yeah. yeah, dude. Like I've I've fished lots and lots and lots of places that are real muddy and caught caught the hell out of fish. I'm just talking about locally. I don't you don't catch anything when it's that muddy around here. Like it gets really difficult. Like bass will will chew okay. Yeah, it's it's and, nothing crazy. It's like a few here and there. It's, yeah. yeah. It's not. I mean, like you'll be, you might be able to work something out in that water. Maybe if you used really big baits, yeah. You know, who knows? You you probably you might even catch muskies doing. Like a lot of guys like fishing muddy water around here for muskies. They they think and I think it's uh, not super muddy, like not friggin' like debris and oh, trash yeah, coming yeah. down the river, but you know, a foot or so, maybe a couple feet of viz at the at the most. They they feel they do better in those conditions. I don't know muskies. They they have less time to see the bait, so it's more of a reaction bite. Yeah. And, um, but yeah. Anyway, sorry, man. That that's. Oh oh no! Like it's just uh. So like going back, I guess to the the local aspect of it is like. Uh, conditions have to be extremely poor in order for like us to switch where the tournament's at. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, if we have one in September on the Upper Niagara and we get a ton of rain and the water's, like, you know, a few a few shades, like, dirtier than normal, it's not like we're going to just be like, all right. No, but it can, it can be good like that, yeah. though. Like, uh, there is a risk of... Because uh, that's where it's scheduled, so that, that's like it's, like, all or nothing. Like, you're going to have to fish it sort of deal versus, like... If we were able to do like a program like where we could hop from like Erie to the upper, which some of the tournaments you can do Erie and the upper, but then obviously if we could go to the lower or Ontario, then yeah. we could like really cater to you know. Well, so I, I guess I'll I'll say this as far as the water clarity thing goes. Um, with smallmouth, I don't think it matters. Uh, like okay, so. Our water, just for anybody listening to this that's not from here, in the summertime in Lake Erie, you can see the bottom clearly in like 30 feet of water. I mean, it's just super, super clear. Um, and, it, and it can be that clear even in the wintertime as well. Uh, it, it's not as often, but it can be. Uh, and then, then it's, rarely it, it's that clear in the, in the uh, spring or fall. But it's very commonly that 20 feet plus visibility in the spring and fall, very common. You know, so that's super clear water, right? When the water is that clear, 
Some guys think that the steelhead bite in the lower Niagara is tougher when the water's super clear like that. You know, they think the fish get apprehensive because of the boats and I, I, maybe, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I haven't experienced, I, I haven't experienced that trend. I just think if there's a lot of fish there, as long as there's, you know, three and a half, four feet of visibility, as long as you can see your prop clearly, you're going to catch fish if there's a lot there. Like, as long as the water is that clear, and if, if it's that clear, sometimes you can hammer. So there might be something there to it that if the water's super clear, steelhead fishing, it can be tougher. It doesn't affect the lake trout bite at all. Maybe it affected the kings, but there's not many kings around anymore, so it's tough to know. I'll say this, that I've caught kings on crankbaits. When the water's uh, super clear like that, they love it. But the other thing is the best crankbait bites that I had in the lower Niagara for kings was when the water was like two feet of visibility, mm. like brown. Just not like stupid brown, yeah. but like more brown than anything. And kings just slammed crankbaits. Like I was catching fish when other guys weren't hmm. in super low vis water. But with the bass, I don't think the bass are affected. Like when the water's super clear, I don't think they're any. I don't think they're apprehensive. I don't think it affects them. I think that um, it affects them to the point where like once you get less than three feet of visibility, the bass bite's gonna get tough. You know, like it, when it, they need to, out of all those fish, they're the most visual. Like they, and they have probably the least good eyes <laughs> out of, uh, out of those fish. Like kings have amazingly good eyesight. So do steelhead. You know, um, I just, I don't know how good bass eyes compare to it, but they're definitely far more photosensitive just compared to how, how the, those three fish behave. They're far less active at nighttime. But uh, I think they need to be able to see. And as long mm -hmm. as they got three and a half-ish, you're going to catch fish. If the water looks green, you're going to catch fish. A lot of them. But I don't think it can get too clear for them. So, yeah, it's species dependent. Yeah. You know? Walleyes, too. Like, some guys would say, like, a nice pea soup color in the, in the water, and especially post-spawn, like, throughout May. If you get into shallow stuff near their, you know, their spawning grounds when they start to move out to deeper water and work swim baits uh, and a nice green color, a lot of guys think that that's good for walleyes. So they do have really good eyesight, so super clear stuff isn't always the best. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. What other data points, dude? Hmm. I don't know. Um, we kind of pivot onto something else if you want for a few minutes. Or mm. is there if there's anything else more in depth that you want to cover? No. Feel free. I'm good, man. I mean, we we've we've covered a lot of ground from uh, you know, the the collection of data I think is interesting. Um, and as as long as it's used to develop trends, and you just got to be wary of confirmation bias in the process. Yeah, and, yeah, it's no and, excuse uh, to blame it on. And and that, but what I I guess what where I get jaded and here's just my asterisk next to what I just said is where I get jaded is that I've just experienced things on the margins that don't make any sense, and it just makes me wonder. It makes me question everything. 
you know. <laughs> so yeah. you know, I, I've just experienced things like amazing bites on days when I just didn't think like in like really crappy wind and mud and people like just really poor water clarity, like super super marginal. Like I personally wouldn't fish in it, but dudes just wanted to go out and we yeah. hammer. And it's like, how is this even possible? You know. But it's like, like so sometimes it, it feels like, like, you know, glory favors the bold, man. <laughs> and, it, you know, so I, I really don't know. It, it, and it gets to the point where it almost feels like it's random. I can only identify one thing, and it's, it's water clarity. And, and if you can present a bait effectively, you're going to catch fish. Every fish is going to have an optimal clarity, and it's good. So this is fun. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, I'm I'm excited. We're we're getting back into the swinger things. I'll be on the lower tomorrow. Uh, see what happens down there. Very very excited just to get out on another body of water, uh, especially locally. Save save on some gas money there traveling out to the Finger Lakes. But uh, yeah, things are starting to heat up, and we'll definitely have a lot more to talk about and uh, good fish catch stories and uh, hopefully some giant bass as well mixed in in. Uh, our catches in the next well yeah, ho- man. hopefully even before next next episode yeah this so. this this next week that's going to be the bulk of my focus is uh bass fishing this week so looking forward to talking about it next week all right guys uh stay tuned for the next episode of two angles on angling we're out see you